Come if you're live streaming with us from a campus, well, we're glad you're with us, or just from your home. It's good to have you with us this morning again. Just like last night, if you have questions as we're going on this morning, you can write those down, bring them down to Nicole when she gets here, and uh, we'll integrate them into our talk this morning. But I think we're ready to go, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm, I'm ready. Praise God, are you? You ready? Yes, yeah. I think so. Okay, all right. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go into a subject last night that I made a statement about, about speaking in tongues and what tongues are. And uh, what happens is when people hear one thing, that's all they want to believe. We are notorious for becoming religious instead of discovering the truth that will set us free. And so it's kind of like this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I agree with that. Absolutely, unequivocally, I believe in that. But at the same uh, token and revelation is that Paul caused faith to come alive so that the church at Corinth could be saved by the gifts of the Spirit. And some would say, well, why, why do we have to hear about miracles and stuff? for the simple fact that you don't understand that. That's why you need to hear about it. And any time that, that we don't understand the overall concept of faith, then what we're going to do is we're going to have one way. And we're going to say, well, faith only comes by hearing. Well, that's not true at all. Not true at all. We've seen scriptures, and I could give you literally hundreds of them. And... Uh, but we are so religious that we shut out anything that isn't by, quote, unquote, our favorite, uh, I won't use the word deity, but that's almost how people get. Uh, I heard one guy said, well, I've been raised on Copenhagen. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I believe you have been. But we're going to talk about today about speaking in tongues and uh, I believe if you'll just listen and don't uh, don't try to pin it on one thing uh, and then let's just look at the scriptures I really believe the scriptures will speak to us I don't think they'll lie I think they'll be very plain that even a child can understand it now uh, let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 6 through 11. Will you read that? Realize that the uh, nine gifts of the Spirit are given to you and I as believers to profit, to advance, to be successful in every area of our life. So the gifts of the Spirit operate not only in men, not only on the streets, but in our families. Okay, can you read that, Kylan? Sure. First Corinthians 12, 6. Yep. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, 
but all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Severally as he wills. And the Bible says that to one is given. And some would think that, well, that person just gets one gift. That's not true. He's talking about when he divides the gifts in a certain arena or in a certain need. It's him that selects that gift that will be operative now, in that. Question, it just in a way of looking at it. You're infilled with the Holy Spirit. Yep. Do you say the gifts reside in you? Yes. Or in that he just draws out the gift for the moment or that he distributes the gift? Both. Remember, when we have the office or the calling, mm -hmm. then that office is usually accompanied by at least three gifts mm -hmm. uh, for the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the uh, teacher, and the pastor. So those things are drawn out to verify the identity of the office, to keep it defined that it's divine. Mm -hmm. So there's no self-appointment. Now we have that in the church today, people are self-appointed and there is no evidence that God has called them. And of course we'd say, oh yeah, but they're a great preacher and all that. Learned oral orientation, is it a exposition of, of scriptures, is not call, mm -hmm. not at all. So that's why I, I say this, that we have a lot of charismatic preachers in the body of Christ that aren't anointed for anything and that teach nothing. They don't teach doctrine. They basically don't even know doctrine. But they teach how to be successful. And they use the principles of the scripture. We would say, well, that's wrong. Yes, it is wrong because that's not the point of the scripture. But we have lots of people that you, you've heard them say, well, uh, I, don't, I couldn't say if a man was saved or if he wasn't saved. And, or there's many ways to Jesus. And there's more uh, preachers in the body of Christ saying that than you realize. There's a, there's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so those are all fallacies. What are they? Well, I would say this. But, but people would get mad if I named any names. Anybody that says that is nothing but a false prophet. It is another gospel. Yeah. And I don't care if it's your, you know, your favorite is stationed in Dallas, stationed in Houston, or stationed in Sydney. You have to draw the line when they start drawing lines that dispute the absolute consecration of Jesus Christ as a sacrificial lamb, mm -hmm. that God himself died for our sins. And there are not many ways to Jesus. Yeah. There's one way, and that is we hear the gospel and we believe or we don't believe. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's go to, uh, in, in this, Kylan, you read down in verse 10. And uh, will you read that again? I want to look at the diverse kinds of tongues. Okay, verse 10. To another working miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. Okay, so diverse kinds of tongues. Out of four words, three of them are plural. Yes. 
So just think. God gave us a mind. Think. Read the scriptures. Don't just acknowledge their existence. Read the scripture. What does it tell us? There are diverse kinds of tongues. So that tells us a whole story that there is something in there that is not singular. So it is used for many faceted areas of a person's life. So to say that, well, when I speak in tongues, I'm praying in the Spirit. No, that would only require one tongue, not multiple or plural tongues. Jesus said in John 7, 37 through 39, what did he say, Rob? Out of my, out of your bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Shall flow what? Rivers of living water. A creek? No, rivers. A river? A river? Rivers, yes. A, really, rivers. What would that imply to us? It is not one source ministering to a life or a world. There are different dimensions that flow from the same head that causes different results out of their flowing. Then the Bible says to us in Mark 16, 17. Can you read that, Rob? Mark 16, 17. There are five signs that should follow every believer. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. New tongues? Tongues, plural. Oh, plural. Oh, okay. So, believers were never expected to believe without receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It really wasn't even in the mind of God that anybody would walk with God without receiving that which he had bestowed upon man. Yeah. And uh, so we have three places that tell us that it's plural. So if it's plural, it means there's more than one. If there's more than one, then there must be diversities of operation and purposes. So uh, let's start out in Acts 2. One through four. And again, let's look at the scripture and let's read the scripture. Let's not acknowledge that it's in the Bible, but let's read it and let it speak to us. Let it tell us what it's saying. Do you have that in your Bible? Acts 2, 1. Yep. 2, 4. 2, 1 through 4, I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead and read that. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So now we have a language that is given to us by the Holy Ghost. It is not conjured up by man. It's not emotionalism. Uh, it's none of those things. It is an actual language given to us by the Holy Ghost. 
right? Yeah. So we could understand that the Holy Ghost has languages because they're plural. He has languages that he is waiting to give men to inspire them yeah. or to direct them to a successful end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Now, I know that I'm going slow, but it needs to be taken slow. Now, will you go down and uh, let's look at verse 5 down through 12. Because many people would say, well, they spoke in uh, other languages, what we would call uh, nationalities or things of that nature. That's what a lot of people would say. Well, they spoke in tongues in these people's dialect. Yeah, human language. Right, human dialects that are known to man. But that's really not what the Scripture says. Again, let's let it speak. Verse 5 on down. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, um, certain Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born, Parthians and Medes and Lamanites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and all the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God. So, first of all, here we see that when these men spoke supernatural language, not only was the language supernatural, but the hearing of every man was supernatural. The reason is that how do we hear every man speaking in our dialect so if you were down here on the left end of the 120 and you went down here Mm -hmm. would just say they didn't want to hear women so it'd say you know them hearing so uh you know we'll throw the women under the bus so down here on the left hand these men are speaking in tongues and the more inquisitive they got they walked down here now they've had to be far enough away that it's something distinctive about the language. And so they go down here and they hear the same language coming from another individual. And if there's 15 countries there, each country is hearing a language that God wants them to hear. So it's a miracle of hearing. It's a miracle not only of utterance, but of hearing and God said I will speak to these people with tongues of another nation or of another people so that's what God does and so it wasn't just that they spake in uh, another uh, dialect but that people heard them in that dialect one time I was preaching here in the church and uh, I got uh, done preaching I went out in the foyer and uh, I went home and I told Phyllis I said were you in the service today she said yeah I said I don't think anybody else was she said why I said I went out into the foyer was talking to people 
I had seven different revelations of what I preached on. Somebody came up and said, man, Pastor, that's a great word about giving. I thought, I didn't preach on giving. Somebody else said, man, what a word on identity, Pastor. I'm thinking, where were these people? And each person heard what they thought I preached on. And none of them were in our service. I don't know where they were. They must have been on their phones or something. But they all heard. And we would say, well, well, how do we get that? Well, I don't understand everything about that. I don't understand even how a baby's formed in a womb, let alone how God touches men and women's lives. Now, I have had the grace of God, you know, allow me to be used like this. How many of you know Dr. Obalu in our church? He's a Nigerian, and uh, one morning uh, I'd been talking to God about I want to be able to preach in different nationalities uh, and different uh, languages, and uh, I said, I don't want to use an interpreter. I don't trust them all. And uh, so uh, I came to church that Sunday morning, and uh, I came up to give a, a operation of tongues and I came up and uh, I spoke in tongues and then Philip said Phyllis said are you going to interpret I said no and uh, so then Barb Banks uh, beloved Barb she began to interpret what I had said and so Dr. Obalu comes up during the offering and he said pastor can I talk to you I said well, sure and he says the language that you spoke there when you brought forth that tongue is the native dialect of my providence. Now, if you go to Africa, you'll have like 2,500 languages in, because each providence has a language. Philippines the same way. And uh, so he said, and then when that woman over there interpreted she interpreted almost verbatim what you said in my native Nigerian tongue. Now, I didn't know that. And then I was in uh, Herkimer, New York, and uh, that's where Angela's mother's from. And Angela's mom had come to the service that night and brought her husband, Dan. He's like 96 years old. And he was dealing with a health issue so uh, I just, I didn't know how to pray. So I just asked God, God, direct me in this prayer, and I began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And as, uh, when I got done, uh, Angela's mom came up to Eric. She said, I didn't know Pastor could speak Italian. <laughs> Eric said, Italian? Have you ever heard him speak English? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he doesn't speak English neither. <laughs> and uh, so... She, he said, what do you mean? She said, well, when he was praying for Dan, he would be praying about something that was going on in, in his body, and then he'd stop, and he'd start talking to Dan personally. He'd say, Dan, you're my disciple. I want you to know that I'm pleased with what you've been doing. I'm pleased with your giving. I'm pleased with your service. And then he'd go back and praying in the Holy Ghost about Dan's condition, and then he'd break off and start talking to Dan personally, mentioning his name. 
So question, people I think are trying to parse out what you're saying, mm -hmm. okay? So in those instances with Dr. O and with, with Dan, is it like at the initial end feeling when there's, and it was a miracle of what they're hearing in their own language, or you in those instances actually talking in those dialects? In my instant, it was talking in their dialect. And I just wanted to show that when it took place in the book of Acts, that we as Christians can believe mm -hmm. that it will happen in our life. Right. Uh, you heard the story probably if you've been here, and uh, this was maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, I went and preached in Montreal, Canada, a couple years back to back. And uh, one of the years I preached on speaking in tongues how that we could ask the Holy Ghost to give us a language for a situation. Yeah. And then he would allow us to do so. Well, this man that was there, he spoke French and he spoke English, but he did not speak Russian. So he's out for lunch break and he said, I'm walking along. These are in his words. And he said, and I seen this couple sitting there and they asked me something. He said, I didn't understand what they were talking about because they were speaking Russian. Yeah. He said, I'm French and I speak English. He said, so I went over and we debated, no English, no, no French, no Russia. <laughs> he said, God, I asked you to enable me to speak to these people in a way that they will understand. And he just started speaking in an unknown language to him. These people started writing down and started conversing with him. So what happens, he says, the day later, Sunday morning, they show up at church. They come in the service. It's the second service. I'm preaching three services, four services that day. So I'm preaching... Uh, and uh, he come, they come in in the second service, and I preach, give the altar call, and they come up and give, say, get saved. Now, they said, he invited us yesterday, told us where to come and when to come in Russia. Now, you might say, oh, now how can that happen? God's not you, and God's not me. Amen? So, God knows every language, but that man said that that happened to him. Those people came and gave their life to Christ that Sunday. So, you can't, you know, negate that, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> that what took place in the book of Acts does not happen today. And whether they hear it supernaturally or we say it supernaturally, the process gets done. So I've seen it so many times in the last, especially 10 years, that, uh, you know, it's, it's not unusual. But God will use you in that way. He did it in the book of Acts, and he'll do it for you and I. And uh, so we're talking about a supernatural tongues. And uh, on the day of Pentecost, people would say, well, they just spoke their dialect which is not true. It was a miracle of the utterance, but it was also the miracle of them hearing. Mm -hmm. 
And then if you go to, uh, let's look at Acts 10, 44. This is where Peter goes in and preaches to Cornelius, the first gent message to the Gentiles. And uh, kind of want you to read uh, Acts 10, 44. It says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because on that, because on that the Gentiles also were poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that he should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Okay, so here we see that they spoke in tongues and magnified God. But they didn't pray. Right. They spoke in tongues and magnified God. Right. In Acts 2, 1 through 4, they spoke in tongues. I don't know what kind of tongue it was because it doesn't say their dialect. Man says that. But we know that men heard them in their dialect. So we really don't know except that we know they weren't praying in the Holy Ghost. Now let's go to Acts the 19th chapter and verse 1 down through uh, 5 or so. And so we can know about certain things, but if we don't hear about them, we can never believe them. And Acts the 19th chapter 1, Rob, down through uh, 6. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, Unto what men then were you baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So they spake with tongues and prophesied. But it never indicates that they received the prayer language. No. Right. Now, I'm saying this for a simple fact, that people think that every time they speak in tongues, they're praying. They're not. Sometimes you're speaking to uh, magnify God. That is an evidential language. And uh, that's not the only time, the only thing that you're going to do with your spiritual language. And these uh, men uh, spoke with tongues, tongues, plural. So evidently, they didn't just speak with one, but they also prophesied. Mm -hmm. So both of them were supernatural languages that they spake. And then in Acts, the 10th chapter that we looked at, we know that they magnify God but it doesn't even talk about praying in the Holy Ghost yet but because of our charismatic upbringing we think one thing is everything and it's not absolutely not 
So let's get into it today. The gift, well, let's establish this first because people are going to use the verse in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 28. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, um, secondary prophets, early teachers, added miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. Okay, now God set in the yeah. church. He set gifts yeah. and offices in the church. Now, this doesn't mean that everybody operates that way in the gifts. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it does mean that God does set certain people in the church that are recognized and known by God for this gift to be used predominantly in their life. Yeah. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent. So wouldn't you have to know who the interpreter was? Huh? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So when it talks about, then it goes on and says, does everybody speak with tongues? Yeah. Well, not in the church, no. To, be ed to edify the body of Christ, yeah. no. But does everybody that's filled with the Holy Ghost speak in tongues? Yes. It is the evidential language yeah. that convinced Peter to believe and the other Jews that were astonished and said, oh my word, yeah. they got the Holy Ghost. Well, then we understand that everybody has that evidential language. That is the beginning of us understanding supernatural languages so the whole upper room everyone was filled with the holy spirit spoke with tongues all Every, no the one the bible was left out. the yeah. bible says that cloven tongues appeared in them and sat upon them and then the gentiles with cornelius they received it yes and then in ephesus they all received it. yep absolutely so paul here is talking about the order of the church he's setting order there we you come go come together as a yeah. as a corporate body, right you know? and he he says you can recognize these gifts yeah. we can be confident that when we move out in the gifts of God, whether uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues, that you will know those yeah. that are used of another supported gift. Yeah. But those people are set in the church. They're recognizable. Yeah. So it doesn't have to do with just speaking in tongues. Yeah. It has to do speaking in tongues to edify, comfort, and exhort a congregation. Yeah, a congregation. All right. Now, let's uh, remember that uh, they spoke with tongues and Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost has come, then out of your bellies are going to flow living yeah. uh, rivers of living water. Yeah. So we know that that's evidential. When he comes, out of your belly. Yeah. So when he comes, yeah. out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, what would rivers of living water insinuate to you? Yeah, multiplied rivers, right? Yeah. Is it, what would a river insinuate, Kylan? A river. A language or a miracle or yeah. what would it, it would. Something that moves forth, something that goes, something that goes out. Something that comes out it's of living you. Living and being, right. yeah. yeah. So life and death are in the power 
of the tongue. So rivers of living water, yes. languages given by the spirit of life, flow out of us. Yes. So that is a precedent sign that should be expected from everybody that gets filled with the Holy Ghost. Or could we find some place where they didn't? In Acts? In any place. <laughs> Have at it. All right, I'll look. Okay, good. You go ahead and look. <laughs> Rob and I'll teach about, talk about things that, hallelujah. So understand that the gifts of the Spirit are for the unbeliever, and it's a sign, Yeah. right? So the initial infilling of the evidence of the Holy Ghost is a language yeah. that is for a sign. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. Once you pass the sign, you don't need the sign again. You move on into other directives that we use in our life. And last night, I think, to clarify where, where you were going with that, and I think what maybe brought some confusion was you were differentiating between the evidential infilling of the Holy Spirit where you would begin to speak a language. Right. And people using it to pray yeah. in. And then you went into using certain vocabularies, limited mm -hmm. vocabulary. Just as a child, you would grow up and your vocabulary would deepen and enlarge and enlarge. And it enlarges because of the use of faith. The use of faith, yeah. Right. And the Holy Ghost teaches us those things, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through uh, 14. But I threw that out there last night. Yeah. Because I want to throw a wrench in the way they think. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, that religious level shows up. Mm -hmm. Because we, we just are one-dimensional. Whatever has been told us, we believe. But then we want to say that we're free thinkers and we're taught of the Holy Ghost. We aren't taught of the Holy Ghost. We aren't free thinkers. Most of us had to borrow everything we think and everything we repeat. And so, what we want to do is look at the scriptures. And like just multiple languages coming out of your belly. Yeah. Not one language, multiples. We read that scripture, but we never ever say, oh, there's more than one. And I think, too, where you're, where you're emphasizing or going to emphasize is the operation of tongues. Yes. The various ways that they're used. And in, how in, that we can... Ask the Holy Ghost yeah. to direct us and to enable us yeah. to speak in supernatural languages at our discretion. So we're not just arbitrarily praying in tongues all day long without any no. direction or specific idea of how we're engaging in the Spirit. No, the problem is with speaking in tongues in the way that the body of Christ functions is that it's one dimension. Every time I open my mouth, I'm praying in the spirit. Yeah. No, you're not. No. That's what we assume. No. And, and we're going to show you that so that you can begin to work with the Holy Ghost and not oppose the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Now, remember that the Bible says God's able to do above and beyond all that you ask or think. Right. God moves in people's lives based upon their thought life. As a man thinketh, so is he in his heart. Uh, don't take any thought for this, uh, like this, or you're going to have weak faith or little faith. So what if you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you're thinking about something else? Mm -hmm. 
How does that work in your natural prayer language? Not very good. Not very good. You have to deal with your mountain. You don't look at your mountain and say, okay, all the brush within 10 miles die. You speak to the mountain. The activity of God demands attention. Not a second afterthought. It demands 100% attention. If it does not get it, then God reads the intent and the motive of the thought and diminishes what you're praying about because you have stripped it of its value. So an example, because I've been with you praying and I've seen you pray in the mornings and hear you pray. Um, Because I hear you singing in tongues and praying in tongues as you're walking through the offices and then in here in prayer and I've heard different levels of intensity in tongues from you and different languages. so when you're engaging in that and you're, and you're in prayer, you're focused on what is the operation of this specific tongue right now at right. this moment? I'm, is that what's happening? I'm asking two things. I'm asking about something that I can't pray about or that I'm not familiar with, yeah. that I don't have enough information on to apply scriptures okay. to. I'm saying, Holy Ghost, I need your utterance. Mm-hmm to pray about this situation. You would say, well, the Bible doesn't say ask the Holy Ghost for information to pray. Well, Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. Well, what did Jesus, his disciples come to him and said, teach us to pray. Put an utterance in our mouth. He said, this is how you're going to pray our Father. Now, our Father is not a New Testament prayer. It is an Old Testament prayer. And because God is the father of Israel, always has been and always will be. And uh, so it is an Old Testament prayer. You go to a place in Israel, I've been there, and, and the guides would say, oh, you think that belongs to you? Yeah. That belonged to our fathers, the patriarchs. Yeah. You just got in on it. You claimed it. <laughs> said it don't belong to you, no more than nothing. So, and they're dogmatic about it. And we, it is true. It's not a New Testament prayer at all. Uh, so, but I will ask the Holy Ghost to pray about a certain situation. And then, usually after I pray and I feel a release about it, then I say, Holy Ghost, you know, is there something you want me to address? Then he may address things. He may direct me to, you know, things in the spirit world or something like that. Uh, but I don't know how to pray. Yeah. So I constantly have to employ him yeah. to do what he wants me to do and to get the job done. Yeah. Jesus sent his disciples into a city, said, you'll see a guy with a pot on his head. And then this is what you say to him. Jesus gave utterances to his disciples all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. And uh, we think that, well, you know, we just start talking and the Holy Ghost will just fill in the blanks, then language means nothing. So as you go in and out of different functions of the Holy Spirit, your language changes with it primarily and different intensities and words. 
Right. And uh, so we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into to that. Let's go now to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and uh, verse... Oh, I already did that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's go. I'm sorry. I jumped ahead of myself. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, 11 through 13. 11 through 13. Colin, can you read that? Yep. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye for as much ye are zealous of the spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the, under, the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Now, read on down. Okay. Thou sent, thou shalt bless with the Spirit. How shall that occupy the room of the unlearned? Say, Amen, at thy giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest. If thou verily give thanks well, but the other is not edified. I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than y'all. Yet in the church, I'd rather five speak, I would rather speak five words with my understanding <coughs> that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. There you go. Okay. <clears throat> would you just start praying over your food in tongues or would you announce, hey, let me bless this food? Bless it. Bless it. Hmm. So then you would have already employed the Holy Ghost to pray over your food, not over missions. Right? Or I, I don't want to pray over the African mission trip, God. I want to bless my food right now. Yeah. Would the Holy Ghost say, well, that's tough. I want you to pray about missions. No. What, what would he... <laughs> Paul would evidently is saying this. Look, when I'm going to pray over my food, yeah. mm -hmm. I'm asking the Holy Ghost to give me an utterance. Mm -hmm. Paul's not praying about anything else. It is his decision to bless his food with an utterance from the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Not the Holy Ghost influence. It's Paul's decision. Right? Yeah. And he says, I will pray in the Holy Ghost. In other words, it is a decision. Yeah. And he says, and I will sing yeah. in the Spirit, which is his decision. Yes. So right? Paul's not waiting for a supernatural influence to pray in tongues. He engages intentionally. <coughs> he is waiting for yeah. a decisive decision yeah. that he'll activate by faith that will bring that okay. which is on the inside of you. Yes. So we see that you could uh, ask the Holy Ghost to direct you to bless your food. Now you shouldn't do that when other people are around because they aren't edified. <laughs> right? right? Now I haven't ever used that much which in my house probably could have required it but I have never used that. 
I have never prayed uh, like that. Uh, but you could, and you could sing in the Spirit, right? You wouldn't want to, uh, the Holy Ghost give you an utterance, and you'd be praying for missions in Italy, and all of a sudden you start singing. He'd say, where are you going? <laughs> so evidently there has to be some place where man can decide what to do yeah. with these utterances and to know it. Yeah. Now, what did you read when you first started reading that, Kylan? In verse 12? Yeah. Or 11. 11. Okay. If I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be like even like a barbarian like a barbarian to him like then you would have to know the purpose mm -hmm. of the tongue that is given to you right because if you just started praying in tongues in a church service or around other people they don't understand you yes. and if you start praying wouldn't somebody say why did you do that right mm -hmm. you say oh, well it, the holy ghost just overtook me which we all know is is <laughs> is a false statement now, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 28. Now we're going to start getting into mind-boggling things. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. But if there be no interpretation, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Wow. Now let's just think what that says. It says if there is no interpreter. Mm -hmm. So number one, you would have to know if there was an interpreter. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you would have to know that that tongue was for edification and not to edify yourself but to edify a congregation right yeah mm -hmm. the bible says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue let him pray that he would interpret interpret what not just the content but the purpose of the tongue mm -hmm. yeah because it says if there's no interpreter so you would have had to know the difference of a tongue that was going to be interpreted and a tongue where you was going to speak to yourself and a tongue that you were speaking to God. You'd have to be able to interpret the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Or you wouldn't have to pray for an interpretation, right? Yeah. Is that right, everybody? All right, if you did not know the difference of what tongue you were speaking in, then there would be no reason for you to interpret. But the gift of interpretation doesn't just interpret content, but purpose and kind. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right? Then the Bible says, if there's no interpreter, you change mm -hmm. the way you are being supplied the utterance. And then you determine whether you're going to speak to God or speak to yourself. Yeah. It didn't say pray 
to yourself. It didn't say pray to God. It said speak. You know when you are speaking in tongues, you are speaking a spiritual language. And you speak to yourself. Edifies, comforts, and exhorts. Much like David did at Ziklag when he put his face in the ephod. He wasn't praying to himself. He edified himself with the language that he understood. But you and I have been given a language that is beyond us. And that we can, in, that we can speak that language, speak it, not pray it, speak it, and be edified, comforted, and exhorted. Now, we have to know which one that the Holy Ghost is giving to us and for what purpose. Or how would you know there's, it doesn't need to be interpreted or there is no interpreter, so don't bring it yes, up. Yeah. Or you're going to speak to yourself or you're going to speak to God. It says, read that again, Rob. And it says, but if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let him speak to himself and to God. You would have to know the difference of a tongue that was for a congregation and a tongue that was to speak to yourself or to speak to God. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So right there, basic understanding of speaking in tongues means this. There are different gifts, used, different tongues used for different things and every believer ought to be able to function in any of those three basic uses. Yeah. And discern which. And discern which one. At, at, at any given moment. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. At any given moment, we should know that the Holy Ghost is leading us or uh, giving us an utterance and what it's being given for. Yeah. Helps us to pray intentionally then, even in the spirit. Intentionally. Yeah. You're right. All right. Now, let's uh, kind of look at, let, let's just go through the scripture. I was asking God, I said, God, how do you want me to do this? He said, why don't you do it like I did it? I said, what do you mean? He said, just take it verse by verse. He said, it'll make a whole lot of sense. I said, okay. All right, so let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. And let's just look at the different types of uses of the gifts of the Spirit. Kylan? All right, 14, 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Woo, stop right there. So, there is a place that we speak to God that is not interpretable mm -hmm. right. because no man will understand him. Yeah. That means no man. Not some men, it means no man. No man will understand it. So, there are certain mysteries of the kingdom of God that are being dealt with yeah. out of our bellies the Holy Ghost being given his rightful influence in our life, he is transforming mountains, filling valleys, orchestrating spiritual movement, and so forth by languages 
They're mysteries for us, but they're not for our understanding. So there is a place that you and I can be influenced by God to speak to the Father mysteries about the kingdom of God. I encourage everybody that everybody ought to spend at least 10, 15 minutes every day praying about their life. Amen. About their life. Because we get up and say, oh, God, I want to do this, and I feel like I want to do this. God, I need this. Well, what if you gave yourself over to the Holy Ghost and he began to speak about those mysteries that are hid in heaven where neither thieves nor rust or moth does break through and steal because it can't be given. And only God is the one that will perform what he's already declared about you in the spirit. So we could do that. You can do it for your children. You can do it for your spouse. You can use that type of language anytime. All you would have to do is this. Remember, the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us to pray. John did. And so we could come to the Holy Ghost and say, Holy Spirit, I want to give myself over to you for the next five or ten minutes. And I just want to pray about my son or my daughter. That God, he'll begin to walk in your will and your purpose. You'll begin to lead and direct him. Now, Father, I don't know things that are going to await him and oppose him. But I do submit myself to you, Holy Ghost, to speak words of wisdom and counsel and direction from God. And begin to pray like that. And you know that the Holy Ghost can speak to people and he can interpret what they're saying or the Holy Ghost can give you a divine language and prophesy to someone. Yeah. I have been in other countries praying, walking down the street with people, praying yeah. and talking to them in their own language. Wow. <laughs> people say, well, that's impossible. No. Paul said, I'll be with you, and though I'm absent from you, my spirit is with you. Beholding. We say, oh, my gosh, that, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. It's at the discretion of God. And just like the Spirit picked Philip up, he can pick us up. Amen. We we so limit what God is doing because we're afraid of religion. We're afraid of religion. What if Philip would have started telling everybody, man, oh man, you ought to be with me. I was tripping out the other night. (laughs) They all be thinking he's on weed. He wasn't on weed. He was in the Holy Ghost. And Paul was caught up to the third heaven. So, you know, if we just do away with the supernatural acts of God, we're just going to be watered down unbelievers. You know, last night you were talking about even covenanting to prophesy. It means to boil over. Yes. And and we should be boiling over with a a fervent passion, right? A fervent passion about the gifts. For pursuing the deep things of God, the spiritual release of miracles. Amen. Amen. So know this, that you can ask the Holy Ghost to speak to the Father about things that you're facing, things that you're going through, things that you're going to confront, and things about your children. And he will take those mysteries. I mean, you probably have a little indication of what your kids are going to be. 
Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, as you're watching them grow, yep. Yeah, as you're watching them grow. Mm -hmm. But do you know the mysterious or the mysteries written about him in heaven? No. So you couldn't pray about them. Right. You could at least have a weak attempt. Yeah, a weak one, yeah. And you'd be <laughs> leaning toward your observation and not God's. Or my own desires, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why would we do that to children? Because if we look at our lives, we haven't done a very good job on ourselves, let alone on other people. But what if the Holy Ghost was given 10 minutes of your day and he would begin to move praying according to God's will? So he would speak mystery. Now we can ask the Holy Ghost to do so. Now when we ask people, when we tell people that, they say, oh, you can't ask the Holy Ghost. Well, the Bible said, pray that you interpret. Yeah. You can ask for any of the gifts to be active in your life. Yeah. And so, if you want to speak in tongues about the mysterious things about your children, ask the Holy Ghost to give you that utterance. Yeah. Now that's one way. And that's speaking. It didn't say he's praying. Somebody say, we're speaking. We're speaking yeah. to God. We aren't praying at him. We're speaking to him. Okay? Uh, the second type of tongue is found in 1 Corinthians 4. Let's go to 4 and 5. Can you read that, Rob? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 4. Four and five. Twelve, four and five. Oh, fourteen, I'm sorry. Fourteen, fourteen, yeah. Yeah. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth, prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Okay. Now, when a man speaks in an unknown tongue to the church, he is speaking to it. Yeah. He's not praying for it. He's speaking to it. When we edify ourselves, we're not praying for ourselves. Yeah. We're speaking to ourselves. Yeah, that's where when people will use the terminology prayer language, they're talking about it has come to when I pray in tongues and I edify myself, that's my prayer language. That's where that definition comes in. But it, we're not, like you're saying, we're not praying to ourselves, nor are we, we're speaking to ourselves right. in edification. Like faith confessions, in <clears throat> a sense, but in the spirit. Almost. It is saying things yeah. to you yeah. about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what it's, it's like refreshing. Yeah. It's like a renewing. It's like repairing uh, a weary spirit, a broken spirit. Or a wounded spirit. Yep. So it's speaking to yourself. Yeah. And the Bible tells us that. Yeah. It says speak to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual, spiritual yeah. songs. Mm -hmm. So if we are supposed to do that, to edify or to fill ourselves up, wouldn't the Holy Ghost do the same thing? Yeah. Or does he give us a, a cheap knockoff? This is made in China edification. 
but this is made in heaven edification. No, God's not giving us a cheap knockoff. We do what we do. Remember, Paul said, I'll pray in the Spirit. I'll pray with my understanding. We can edify ourselves with our understanding, and we can edify ourselves in the Spirit. But it doesn't require prayer. Now, we're going to get into prayer because tongues are a very important part I think, of that. I think, too, Pastor, when you think about the fact that we're temples filled with the Holy Spirit, that I think we miss this sometimes. We have the Holy Spirit present with us. Yes. So he's working with us, you know, in the, in the present moment in different, yes. in different ways. It's not always petitioning God. He's actually no. resident, you know, edifying us. There are multitudes of things that we don't have to ask God about. We don't have to say, you know, uh, God, what do you want me to do about my need? If you hear from God, he's going to say, go to 2 Corinthians 9, <laughs> 6 down through 12. Give, and it shall be given. Yeah. So, yeah. and you'll get a harvest. Mm -hmm. Would God change his voice? Well, no, he wouldn't. There are lots of things that I don't have to pray about God about. Yeah. I mean, there are millions of things. And so sometimes we, I think we use prayer as maybe a, uh, a crutch because we don't want to know what God wants us to do and we don't want to act on it by faith. We all just throw it out on prayer and blame it on fair prayer failure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go to uh, act, I mean, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 13, and 14. Now remember, we already have two different types of tongues. We have, we speak to God in a mystery, no man can understand him. And if you know you're speaking to God in mystery, you can't pray for an interpretation because it won't come, because no man understands him. There are already boundaries or de defined boundaries. Yeah. Then the second one is that when we speak in an unknown tongue, we speak to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We speak to our Selves, but we're saying it'd be kind of like this Jesus said when the Holy Ghost has come he'll bring all things that I said to you back to your remembrance you ever felt like quitting the ministry besides yesterday yeah absolutely but haven't you heard this voice I called you mm -hmm. this what really yeah. what did he do he edified you mm -hmm. he encouraged you he called yeah. you back to your faith yeah. okay God gives us words like that. He brings them back to our remembrance. Yeah. But then he also gives us utterances that are beyond our memories. Because yeah. mm -hmm. we've never known them. Right. That's good. Okay. So let's stop right there. Take about a five, ten minute break. And then we're going to come back and right. buzz through this tongues. <laughs>
All righty, praise God. Now that I've got all your heads all turned around, I'm still going to keep turning it. Uh, we were on 1 Corinthians... Uh, 14, 13 through 14? Yes, yeah. yeah, read that. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay. So now we see that there is this divine ability given by the Holy Ghost to pray. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, that, you know, if you didn't know this stuff, you haven't been praying in the Holy Ghost because you have. But to have a lack of understanding of it, like the disciples at Ephesus in Acts 19, we've never heard 
Well, if you don't hear about the gifts, then you're never going to be able to function them. And we don't hear about the different activities of speaking in tongues. We're always going to do what we've been doing. And uh, that's really, we we are supposed to be, we speak uh, like children when we're young, but we are to grow up and we're to speak like men. All right, so that is one that, read it again. Wherefore, let him that speaketh in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Okay. Now that brings us to another point about speaking in tongues. I know that this may seem like a lot, but, you know, it is a lot. But when somebody is praying about a certain situation or have asked the Holy Ghost to give us utterance, Mm -hmm. then what we can do is we can pray, God, let me interpret what I'm praying about. Because he can take the direction or what he's saying and turn it into your understanding. So we can pray about certain things and ask the Holy Ghost to give us the interpretation of that. So so that we aren't a barbarian to ourselves, Mm -hmm. so that we don't know what we're praying or understanding what we're praying. And if the Holy Ghost reveals that to you, great. If he doesn't, don't fall off your wagon. (laughs) There's just a reason he doesn't want you to know. Now, Pastor, when when we pray for the interpretation, I know many people think that it has to come as kind of like we hear in church with us saith the Lord. Can it be an understanding opens up or a wisdom for a certain situation will Absolutely. be revealed uh, of yes. how to proceed or something? Right. It can be an infusion or a deposit of even the word of wisdom yeah. or discerning of spirits or word of knowledge. Any of those things, remember that the gifts overshadow each other. Hmm. Yeah. And so you can pray and you might not get this, but a thought, do this. Is the same thing. Yeah. Remember, God is not interpreting. He is translating. In other words, he's giving the concept of what he's saying. He's not verbatim dotting every I and crossing every T. Yeah. And then uh, let's go to uh, Romans 8.26. This is one that most of us know and, and understand but go ahead and read Rob. Likewise, the Spirit, it also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. To me, that means that there are places that man in himself without God we'll never ever be able to get beyond. When we don't know how to pray, every man and every woman comes to his own limitations. But we don't have to stay limited. And we don't have to stay crippled, paralyzed, or at a disadvantage. We could ask the Holy Ghost. When we don't know how to pray, then we know what problem that we're addressing, Yeah. right? We would know what we were addressing and we would know what we were praying about. 
So when we asked the Holy Ghost to help us, he wouldn't start praying about a new bicycle. He would start giving you an utterance to deal with where your limitation has brought you. Yeah. And so he would start giving you these utterances that would help you overcome that, and each and every one of them would be scripturally based yeah. because he knows the will of God. Yeah, according to the will of God. Right. Yeah. And so when we look at these, when I look at it, I think, okay, how many times have I come to the end of myself in prayer? And you hear people say, well, I just don't know how to pray. Good, that's a first discovery. But that's not where we stop. We should ask the Holy Ghost to give us the utterance to pray about this situation. Remember, he willingly has unveiled himself. I'll help you. I'll give you what you need to say so that you can get beyond yourself. The other thing I like about the Holy Ghost helping me is that he is called the spirit of faith. He has no reservations of unbelief. He's not fearful. He's not uh, nervous. He's not about anything. He is the spirit of faith, unrestrained and pure, all-powerful. Yeah. So when he is praying, guess what? then he is praying without doubt. The other thing is this. How many times have you come up to the end of yourself? Anybody ever come up 50 times? Oh, okay, all right. When you ask the Holy Ghost to give you the utterance to pray about that situation, it's not the same situation. So would he give you the same words? No. No. There are as many different types of tongues and more so in the kingdom of God than there are in the world. The Bible says in Romans 1 that if you want to see the things that are contained in the uh, heavens that you can look into the visible things and see them. How many languages does man have access to? Thousands. Hundreds of yeah. thousands. And so think of how many languages are operative in the kingdom of God. There is a language of love. There's a language of faith. There's a language of authority. Be thou cast into the sea. Come out of him. Uh, you know, the language of encouragement. The, land of the language of building up. Uh, the language of truth. The language of wisdom. The language of counsel. The language of all of those are languages of the kingdom. They're not languages of the earth. They're languages of the kingdom, speaking things that are not as though they are. That's a faith language, giving God the praise. Yeah. That's a resistant language to unbelief and a rooting language of establishment of that resistance.
So you have all of these languages. We just don't use them mindfully. Yeah. Well, I know we use them, but we don't use them mindfully. But when it comes to speaking in tongues, folks, there's that many languages that are in this earth, if not more. And so the Holy Ghost will give us these languages. So when we're praying about different situations, it's not always the same language. Well, we'd be praying, you know, God give me a deal and make the guy selling me the car forget how much it is and I get $20,000 off God and I get my new car for $2,048 God and no tax and title. Well, that'd be a nice prayer, but it probably won't work, but you could try it. But, uh, you know, there are languages that we don't pray about. And every time, if you've had 50 times that you've ran up against the wall, then there are 50 different vocabularies that God's given you to pray about that situation. Yeah. So there is where one of the things that we say, we pray in the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit. And this is also coupled when we use our faith depending upon the Holy Ghost, what this does is it builds this uh, unbreakable union with like when the disciples taught Jesus, Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he invited them into an intimate place with him. Yeah. So when the Holy Ghost gives us these utterances, he's laying a bridge for a more intimate relationship and a dependency upon him. That's why when we pray in the Holy Ghost, we build ourselves up on our most holy faith. But that is the exercise of prayer. That means that we're depending on him in faith. In faith. And the more that we depend on God in faith, our faith, because of use, gets strengthened, deepened, stronger. And the more that we ask the Holy Ghost to help us, we begin to rely on him and begin to be exposed to his nature more so so we build ourselves up and we root ourselves in just like we do with people that pray for extended times yeah that's good okay so you could pray about 10 things in one day and have 10 different languages given to you because you're praying about different things. But sometimes we think that it's always gotta be the same language. It's not the same language, because one might be, is gonna be interpreted, one might be you're speaking to God, one might be that you're gonna to speak to yourself, one might be that you're praying about something. So you have all of these. And the good thing of it is this, you have the ability, as you start exercising your faith, you will begin to be able to discern these types of languages or the leading of what the Holy Ghost is doing. You'll know the difference between a language that needs to be interpreted and a language that doesn't. And you'll know that difference. Yep. And so as you exercise yourself in it, you'll begin to grow in it. Yeah. And uh, so remember that it's, it's 
we do it in proportion to our faith. The Holy Ghost requires faith. And so as we start using these and praying these different languages, then what that does is that causes us to use our faith more and to become more dependent upon the Holy Ghost. Now, again, it doesn't do away with you finding the will of God and praying it. But when we run up to situations where we can't go on, we don't bow, we don't bend, and we don't give up. So in that praying, the Holy Ghost giving us, we could discover, I have discovered literally hundreds of languages. And there are times that I don't ask the Holy Ghost to give me an utterance, but he'll come up on me. And I'll know it's a time of prayer. Now, at that time, I may ask God to interpret so I know who I'm praying about or what the situation is. But he might not give it to me because it might be a secret thing in their life. But he will use me. And when that happens, I am subject to his time frame and his duration. And if he keeps me there an hour, then I need to be there an hour. If he arrests me, it's his time. But if I invoke him, then it's my time. And I can say, well, you know, I I think it broke through or whatever. But when he comes up on me, it doesn't matter my time frame because it's his, as they say, quarter. It's his time. So... That in itself can open up hundreds of different languages in our life. Uh, So, and when you're doing that, again, you can uh, always ask him that you interpret so you can discover stuff. And I do encourage you, every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, if it's not, you know, being withheld from you, ask him that you would interpret. Yeah. If you never ask, it's never going to happen. You never ask, you're never going to receive. Ask that you would interpret. So if you don't, you're going to miss out on the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen? All right. And uh, then uh, we already read this, but you can read it quickly, Rob. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 through 17. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at thy giving of thanks, seeing the understanding, he understandeth not what thou sayest? Okay, so now we can pray and bless food, and we can sing in the Spirit. So those are another language, singing in the Spirit. Yeah. And then we have what we talked about in Romans 8, chapter, I will pray in the Spirit. So that tells me if I'm going to pray in the Spirit, that I would have an utterance from the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So if I would say, well, when I pray, my spirit prays. Well, absolutely it is. Yeah. But every time he speaks in an unknown tongue doesn't mean he's praying every time. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's uh, go to uh, verse, well, 
Go to verse 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believeth not. But prophesying serveth not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. So tongues, as in the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, is for a sign to yeah. those that don't believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So there's another one. And then let's go to, uh, well, let's go to verse 27. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most three, and that by course, and let one interpret. Okay. Let one interpret. And uh, then go to uh, 1 Corinthians 14.39. See if that was it. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. The vocal gifts are more confusing than any (laughs) because it requires the working of man more with the Holy Ghost than just the Holy Ghost doing something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, keep track of the tongues that we just went through. Can you write these down, Kyler? First Corinthians 14, 2. What does that say? Any man speaks unto God, yeah. he speaks it's mysteries, true. and no man understands him. Mysteries. Right? That's one. All right, then we go down to verse Four and five it says if a man speaks unto himself or he will speak to himself he will edify comfort and exhort himself and in that same from verse 3 down to I think it's 10 says that if a man speaks in an unknown tongue that it needs to be interpreted in the church so that's another. So that's three so far, right? Yeah. And then the Bible tells us that if we go to speak and there is no interpreter, that we would speak to ourselves yeah. or unto God, yeah. right? So one is talking about mysteries. The other would be speaking to God but we're going to throw that in the mysteries. Uh, So there we have another one that he would speak to himself. And then we have uh, that he would bless his food. And then we would have the utterance that would cause men to sing. And we know that all of these can be used at our discretion according to Ephesians 5, 18, speaking yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. And verse 14 is the prayer in an unknown tongue. In an unknown tongue. Verse 14, and we'll couple that with uh, Romans, the eighth chapter. Okay, how many you got there, Kylan? Seven by my count. Seven by your count. Okay. Now, how about we jump over into a whole new realm? Go over to 1 Corinthians 13. Does this mean anything? 
or is it just a spiritual blurb out of an apostle's? Though I speak with tongues of men and angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. So he's telling us that there is a spiritual language. It's not the utterance of the Holy Ghost, but it is an utterance given to us that angelic beings understand. Would you conclude that man could speak with an angelic language? Yeah. He's saying, if I speak with tongues of men and angels. And angels. We know that they speak in unknown languages. Uh, when we are given utterances in the Holy Ghost, we are being used of God, the Holy Ghost giving us a word, a proclamation, a decree, a command and we do move angelic forces by the inspired languages that the Holy Ghost gives us. That happens. And we also can command unclean spirits. Yeah. Yeah. We can do that. Uh, the Holy Ghost will give us these utterances and we will speak them. Now, that's happened to me uh, four times in my life one was when we was in the other church and I was caught up into the vision and God took us from five or six people to standing room only uh, in three days when I was caught up in this vision I spoke uh, supernatural language to the spirit I didn't know what I was saying but he did yeah. it has happened to me in this church where I have had to deal with certain things that would come up, the Holy Ghost would give me the utterance, and I would speak to them, and the throne or spirit would loose his authoritative place. Uh, so, and we can command angels of righteousness. Remember, we are partners with God. They are sent forth to be ministers to us. So evidently, we would have to have access to their language. Now, this is not deep. This is not, it's just basic reading the scriptures and understanding them. I was in Bursiris, Bucyrus, not Bursiris. Bursiris is something that Phyllis gives me when I'm around her. Uh, I was in Bucyrus, and I uh, went to pray for this man. I had prayed for a woman. Uh, I'd called out her name and <clears throat> I'd prayed for her and then there was a I prayed for a woman that had this this storm door that broke and a piece of glass went right through her eyeball back into her head and she said I went blind and uh, so I prayed for her and God opened up her blind eye then right after that I was feeling pretty good about myself and uh, so uh I called for uh, somebody that was deaf and uh, this guy's wife lifting up his hand. So I went over there and I said, uh, uh, so you can't hear? And he just, nope. So uh, I went to cast out the devil. And the Holy Ghost says, I'll do it. And I said, no, devils come out at the mentioned name of Jesus. And he said, you think I can't mention the name of Jesus? 
And I thought, well, I guess you could if you wanted. <laughs> but even his, remember, every knee bows to things in heaven and yeah. things in the earth and under the earth to that name. And so the Holy Ghost began to pray through me, which is, I, in my mind I'm thinking, this can't work. This is just not what I've been taught. And then all of a sudden the Holy Ghost says to me, it's done. So I get behind the guy and said, hey. He said, what? I said, can you hear me? He said, absolutely, I can hear you. Then the Holy Ghost says, tell him when he was on that island, in the war, the Japanese war, that that spirit of that island got on him, and I've dealt with him in his dialect. So I told him that, and he said, well, you're absolutely right. He said, I went deaf on that island. And so the Holy Ghost knew all about it. Now, immediately, everybody thinks, oh, man, that's Joe so far out there. Really? Didn't Michael the archangel one time use the Lord's name yes. to bind the devil, devil. Yes. to take Moses' body mm-hmm. back? Mm-hmm. So why could an angel do it, but the Holy Ghost couldn't do it through us? Yeah. Yeah. We sometimes get so bombarded by unbelief that we start living barely above the scope of the belief of anything. You tell people, yeah, I I live by faith. They automatically count you stupid. (laughs) Dumb, blind, deceived. Oh, you're one of them back heels, you know. But let me tell you something. It's the greatest way to live. And I don't care if people believe in it or not. I'm not going to be ashamed of faith. I'm not going to be ashamed of what God said it would do. I'm not going to be ashamed of what God says I can do. I'm not going to be ashamed of anything about God. And I'm certainly not going to bow down to some uh, bully uh, fist that wants to hold me down into religion and keep me from living for Christ. I'm not going to do it. They can throw all the stones they want. They can say all they want. But it's not going to change what I believe. And it's not going to change what God believes. Amen? Amen. All righty. So we got now, Kylan, you had seven. Now you got two more. Okay, so we have have nine. Yeah, you could speak to righteous angels as our partners. Uh And you could speak to angels or decree, command, uh, declare what they're going to do mm-hmm. by the uh, Holy Ghost utterance. Right. And that's happened to me twice in uh, my life when I've dealt with spirits above. Yeah. Uh, so we have in those, just those, nine different types of utterances that the Holy Ghost will use us in. Now, If we do not start using our faith in them, then what's going to happen is we will just revert back to where we are. And when I started doing this years ago, I just never told anybody. Because I'm telling you, they just couldn't wrap their head around it. But now, 
uh, I have guys that, you know, have been studying it and uh, so forth. I've got three books on my desk that have been written about it. And they wrote it, they said, because I wouldn't write it. So, uh, but it's been a great thing that people get to understand that they get to commune with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Holy Spirit, I ask you to give me an utterance for this. You want me to go here, Holy Ghost. I don't know how to pray about opening up the heaven of that crusade. Yeah. But I need you to give me an utterance. And he will give us an utterance. Amen. The last night of that crusade in Uganda, the last one, I said, Holy Ghost, you know, things ain't working out here. We've got six or seven blind eyes, got a couple deaf and dumb, and I, and I said, a couple crippled people. I said, I need a miracle that will shake this city to open it up to Jesus. The next uh, to the last night, I prayed for this little girl that was crippled, blind, and deaf. The next night, she come back, they put her on a stage, and she walks from her mother to Eric. She sees, she hears, and all that. That is what the Holy Ghost gave me language to petition God for. And I wonder, like when Peter knelt at Dorcas's bed, yeah. what he asked God for. Mm -hmm. Or did he say, Holy Ghost, help me yeah. to know the will of God. Let me interpret what is being said here. So we knew how to act. But the Holy Ghost is behind every miracle. Mm -hmm. He is behind every demonstration. And when we start walking in these things, you will find your prayer language yeah. becoming revolutionized. Yeah. Because there's nothing boring about the Holy Ghost. Right. It doesn't matter how long you pray in tongues, there's nothing. You, you said you're sometimes in here when I'm praying. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I go from an mm -hmm. angry little squirrel, buddy, <laughs> to a, you know, yeah. it, I mean, it, yeah. it's hard to tell him, but... It's because he's having me deal with different issues yeah. and different things that are taking place. And it's not just in the church. It's not, yeah. it's not about the church. The Holy Ghost is about the world. Yeah. And, and when we lose sight of that, then we cripple ourselves from being used of him. We are called to go to the world. Yeah. Go into all the world, preach God. These signs will follow them. And so they don't always just follow in your neighborhood, which they will, but you have to realize that your life is bigger than your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Your life is called to be sacrificed for a world. Amen. I'm not telling you that it's nice. I'm not telling you that it's, it's glamorous. It's not. It's just buck ugly hard. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I was in Belgium uh, couple weeks ago and the, the guy said oh we want to show you our city Eric looked at him and said pastor doesn't see cities take him to the hotel room and he'll see the building where we're meeting he said that's all we have take him drop him off take him drop him off make sure he gets to the airport yeah. I've been everywhere and seen nothing <laughs> one, one time I took about three hours off Eric and I and we went to fish the rainbow stream or trout stream that uh, 
Dick Cheney is uh, fishes on and the guide that guided him same guy that guided Magic Johnson and all that and he took us out because he was in the meeting I was preaching in uh, but that's all we ever got besides that I ain't seen nothing I know it's out there but I ain't never seen it and uh, so it's not just easy it's a lot of work but I'm telling you it's worth it you see one life changed yeah. one life if that was my little girl in that meeting in Uganda, I'd have gave a lifetime of wages that she would walk, yeah. see, and hear, and someday be married and give birth to prophets, apostles, and teachers, evangelists. Mm -hmm. I, I, would, I would have given anything when I, when I see miracles like that. And uh, even on old people, it's, it is not just a healing it's their redemption from the power of sin. Yeah. And if sin dominates the believer of sickness and disease, then even though they're redeemed, they're still bound. Yeah. And God yeah. doesn't want them bound. And so uh, Eric and I always say we would never do what we're doing for money, uh, but we do everything we're doing for Jesus. And that's the only reason we do it, Amen. because it's not all glamorous. And uh, I think two weeks ago, I got in a car, drove six and a half, seven hours one way, got back in the car, drove six hours another way, preached 40,000 people, got in the car, drove back, went to my hotel six hours, put on a clean shirt, jumped in the car, went to the crusade ground, preached again, got done about 11 o'clock at night, got to come home and go to bed yeah. that was it that was my day I left at 5 o'clock in the morning got back at 11 o'clock at night yeah. so you know it, it's not glamorous but to see one person if you could see one it, it is worth every dime that you spend in every prayer and every day of fasting that you fasted it's worth it and to have power with God so that you can protect your family, that you can protect people that you know, it's worth it all. It's worth it all. Many times I've failed to have power enough to do it, but I'm not giving up. I'm pursuing greater dimensions of power, even today, even today. Well, why? Because God told me I didn't have any power. I said, God, where, where's all the demon-possessed people? And you know, I wouldn't do that. He said, son, I'm bringing them as fast as you can handle them. He said, you just ain't got enough power. Now, you think that I mean that God hasn't given me power. That's not what I said. I said, I don't have that power. Jesus had power when he went to the wilderness, but he returned in it. In it yeah. And there's a grave difference of having power and the gifts on the inside of you and them flowing out from you. And so, you know, you just got to do what it takes to have the gifts of the Spirit operative in your life. So, uh, let's take another break. We're going to talk 15 minutes when we get back, and then we're out of here. Okay. So, Pastor, <clears throat> to uh, what I'm getting is what you're trying to provoke all of us because Pentecostals are just classically known to pray in tongues and just 
you know. They get filled with tongues. If, if they'd been Jesus, he yeah. should be lying on the bank of the Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what you're trying to do is provoke us to intentionally be, to intentionally engage in our prayer, uh, in, in praying in tongues so that we know how to operate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and go into deeper dimensions get, of the gifts. Yeah. Get beyond yeah. entry-level faith. Yeah. Because there is a whole world that we have never discovered and probably kingdoms that are established that should have been torn down because we cave in, give up, yeah. don't pursue, don't force ourselves. And uh, the world needs us. Look, we are the best that God's got. And we may very well be the last generation, which I believe that. Uh, because I want to see Jesus come before I die. Amen. And that means I may see him when I die. <laughs> so, but I'm going to see him coming. But you and I all know that we are in an hour where the urgency of the world is crying out yeah. for hope. And we have got to rise up and be what God wants us to be. We are the best that God has Many are called, fewer chosen. God has chose us out of the seed exchange of four million seeds, personalities, likeness, giftings, and all that kind of stuff. But God chose us out of that 4,000. Now, my dad was an active Protestant, so I'm sure that he knew my mother more than once. So I'm probably one out of 40 million. My dad had 14 kids. And he died at the age of 45. Wow. That's when I said, wow, good night. <laughs> Poor guy, no wonder he died of a heart attack. And, uh, but you are unique and special. There's never been a generation like this on planet Earth. Man, and what we can't do is continue in the status quo of religious passivity. We have got to start living by faith and taking hold of the scripture and daring to believe it. Yeah. Daring yeah. to believe it. And uh, look, I, I know everybody doesn't believe like I believe, but I'm not backing down. And, and I'm going to move into realms. And, uh, you know, people can say whatever they want. My mind would be this. Well, you know what? If God opened blind eye for you, I'll listen to you. But if not, don't try to be a, a bully over me and push me down because I'm different. Not going to do it. Yeah. I want to be different. Amen. Anybody can dig a hole, but I want to dig a big hole. <laughs> Amen? It's like Jesse. Some of you might like him, might not like him. Uh, I know Jesse, so I like Jesse. But Jesse's problem with the church and the church's problem with Jesse isn't whether it gets a jet or not. It's just they can't in their mind conceive anybody thinking that they could do that. So if you can't think like him, then don't be around him. Yeah. But let's not condemn the great thinkers. You know, Oral Roberts dared to believe that Christianity could be on television. Hollywood told him, you'll fail. He said, no, I won't. They said, it'll never work. 
So he bought a bunch of time. So Oral goes to Hollywood and hires Hollywood producers to produce his church program. And guess what? He opened up yes. television to the body of Christ. The same thing with radio. All of the things that, yeah. that we use now to reach people, yeah. men had to dare yeah. to use them. Amy Simple McPherson. Yeah. Oh, gosh, she was a, a wonder buddy in her yeah. time. She had the largest Christian radio station. And, yeah. As a woman in the 20s. And she had illustrated sermons. Yeah, yeah. And even old Andy, what's that guy's name? Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, I even hate to mention his name. He's so dingy. And uh, whoops, if he's one of your heroes, find another one. That, that guy's a cheap good night. And, uh, but she did things, and back then, people had to drive, buddy, yeah. to get there 30 miles an hour. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, they dreamed. Uh, you look at Oral Roberts, Jack Coe, A.A. Allen. These men had tents back in the 45s and 50s that seated 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. T.L. Osborne won, has been declared to have won more people to Jesus, more people that have not heard about Jesus than anybody else in the world. But he would go, his wife would go overseas, be there six months by herself, by herself in a land where they hated women and wouldn't listen to them. And she'd set up crusades. Then T.L. Osborne would come in, preach two or three times a day for 30 days in a row. So when you see his mass crowds, he did that in 30 days. But he started out with nothing. Yeah. And he believed God. So the body of Christ has always had great thinkers. So let's just think bigger than what we've been dealt yeah let's start believing that you know things in the scripture are possible yeah that they they might really happen you know maybe god really is god he might be alive my god what if he does exist yeah wouldn't that be a wit well we need to start living like he's alive all right let's take 10 minutes and then we're going to Wrap this up in 15 minutes. Hallelujah.
Hello. Praise God. All right, let's kind of wrap this uh, up about speaking in tongues. And uh, just, there's, there's lots more, but uh, wiring does not allow us to put it all out. Uh, sometimes, you know, we, there are things that, that you will know and uh, so forth, but they're just, uh, they might not be for the time. And uh, so, uh, the biggest thing that I want to encourage you to do is always use your faith to interpret what type of tongue or if you get what type of tongue, then you will interpret the purpose so that you can be focused about what you're doing and realize that the Holy Ghost knows your thoughts and the Bible says God knows your thoughts even before you speak them. So when you're praying about something, don't let your brain control you. You control your mind. Keep it focused on the issue at hand. Because if you get praying haphazardly in the Holy Ghost, you know, we, we pray like this. Okay, hey, yeah, brother. Hey, would you pray for me? Sure, man. Hey, God, I ask you to bless him and help you. If I ever asked you to pray for me and you're going to do that, don't pray. Just don't pray. You say, oh, God heard. Is that how you want me to pray for you? No. You are not focused. You are not intense. You have not set your faith for me. You're trying to blow me off with some Christian promise. Yeah. That, that's just wrong. That devalues your brother. It devalues your purpose. It devalues your faith. Don't do it. Because I tell you, you will start treating everything like that. Everything produced after its own kind. And uh, you, you can't break that no matter what, what you do. So when you start praying in the Holy Ghost and you've interpreted what you're doing, then get your mind set. This is what I'm praying about. This is what I'm doing. Keep your focus on the task at hand. Uh, and then begin to use your faith. Well, what if I miss it? Well, welcome to the party. The Bible says instruction is a way of life. If you, everything is not going to work out the way that it, you think it's going to in textbook. You're going to have lots of mistakes. You're going to have lots of failures. You keep on going. That's how you move forward. A righteous man falls seven times, yea, eight times. And we never know what the devil is going to do. Ecclesiastes 11 chapter. Keep sowing because you never know where evil is going to come. You sow seven times. In other words, you take it through the process of completion. And guess what? You sow again. Yeah. Because you never know what the devil's doing. So you have to be aware of those things. And don't give up and don't cave in. And as you start doing these things, you'll find yourself starting to really grow in the Lord. And a good exercise is to go through every miracle in the Bible, every healing, every activity. And then what you do is you will be able to connect a gift with that miracle or that healing. And every miracle, every gift 
halves, I mean, every activity has a gift connected to it. Yeah. Uh, it's like Paul, you know, cast a devil out of that girl. We would say, well, that was the discerning of spirit. Well, in one sense, but in the other sense, it was a word of knowledge. Yeah. This girl has a spirit of divination. And so, you know, these gifts, again, overshadow each other. You can't just say, well, this is this, this is that, uh, because the gift of prophecy has a word of knowledge in it, knowing the secrets of a man's heart that can only come from God. So there are all these things we learn, but don't try to decipher them and cut them up that they're so black and white, because they do blend together. And uh, so, just pray that you begin to interpret. Really use your faith for that. I remember the first time that I interpreted a tongue to myself. Yeah. It was after I'd been caught up in the vision, and uh, I dealt with that spirit. I came down, and I was praying in the Holy Ghost uh, at the altar there in the, that 16 by 32 foot building and when I got done praying all of a sudden this tongue this interpretation come and said you will never see what you have seen in the past I will raise your finances up to $500 a week which that was like oh man that ain't ever gonna happen and I will fill this church and I knew that it was God and so I just held on to that and God did it he probably did it despite me because he said you know get rid of that guy's unbelief he ain't never gonna believe what's gonna happen so and that's a good thing because he prays through us without unbelief all right now kind of you got a couple questions yeah I got um, somebody asked about Luke chapter 1 verse 40 and 41 talking about Elizabeth I'll just read it. Okay. And entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, and, and, and so forth. So at that moment, the question is, Elizabeth did not have the evidence of speaking in tongues, so why not? Because the evidence of speaking in tongues was not given until Jesus was glorified, according to John, the seventh chapter, verse 37, 38, 39. Yeah. He spoke about rivers flowing out of the water. He said, This spake he of the Holy Ghost, that it was not given until he would be glorified. Yeah. So that extinguishes. And Jesus said he spoke that concerning the giving of the Holy the promise yes, of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And that would be out of your belly so yeah. that was the sign that he prophetically revealed yeah. in a mystery form yeah. so okay any any other questions you got any questions you write them down oh man you guys got it buddy praise god well we're going to get through uh, other gifts all of them what, next what week. i think what i i have appreciated about this so far is that um usually when we hear gifts of of the spirit taught it's systematically the gift of prophecy means this and we give an explanation um, i think this is beneficial in a way that it's not been what people anticipated and it's been a, a conversation about tongues in particular yeah. right and uh 
and just to unpack it. I think it's a lot better than just a systematic teaching on what the gifts are, right? I mean, because we've all heard that and yeah. read books. And so I think this is very beneficial to really unpack some of the nuances of it. The gifts have been taught typically, traditionally, yeah. in the three times three. Uh, but exactly. they've never really, we've always thought that God just selectively falls on somebody. But the criteria is that we covet them, yeah. not that God selects us. Now, there are in the offices of the fivefold ministry, those gifts come with that. But as the ordinary believer, we have to understand that we covet those things. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't move a mountain unless you speak to it, believe it happened, yeah. go through the patient process, and then you end up with the mountain moved. moved yeah. Same thing happens in that we have to covet earnestly. And the thing about coveting the gifts of the Spirit is, yes, they do profit our life. And, yes, they will help us raise our families. We'll talk about that in discerning of spirits and so forth. But the reason that lots of people don't want or to press or to push in is because the gifts overall do not benefit the individual. They glorify Jesus Christ. And edify the church. And, you know, I don't know if that's the priority of Christianity today. It should be. Uh, I don't think that any man of God worth his salt should preach without enough power to demonstrate. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I just... I, I just don't get it. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I, I just do not believe that people ought to preach a powerless gospel. But our churches have been taken over by powerless people. Uh, and the churches don't expect anything. The churches expect a good sermon, a good title, you know, glory, hallelujah, light show, and let's go home. The church has got to become a spiritually active identity. Nothing is going to replace the power of the Holy Ghost in the confirmation of declaring the resurrection of one Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Nothing is going to do that. But... If we just looked at our faith over the last 40 years, our faith has never been God-centered. It's been stuff-centered. It's been how to get a car, how to get a house, how to get answered prayer, how to, how to, how to. And it really has nothing to do with the sacrifice of a crucified life that Christ may be seen. And that's what faith is. Faith is not just a commodity exchange, yeah. money for harvest, uh, you know. that. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I believe in abundance. I believe in blessing. But when you get to heaven, God's not going to say, oh, my God, we've been waiting for you. You got six Mercedes in your lifetime. 
I think Michael is blown away. Hey, come on over here, Michael. Here's Joe. <laughs> is that what we think heaven is about? No. No. Souls. Transformed lives. Liberated. Cursed people. Into a blessed life with Christ. The joy unspeakable is not what we have. It's who we know and whose we are. That's the joy unspeakable. And so we cannot just continue letting uh, one-dimensionalized faith govern us. It is not enough. Things can never keep you connected to God. Only intimacy with him, the purpose of lifting him up, can keep us connected to God. And uh, so I, I think that we have used our faith for that in the last 40 years, what we would call the faith movement. There's nothing wrong with the faith movement. It's just that those that preach it don't preach it. They preach one facet of it. But everybody should be using their faith to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. And I, I think there's something deeply wrong when you get 15, 20,000 people together and everybody with headaches still leaves with headaches. I, I got to... Never mind, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, God, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, so, next week we'll talk about some of the other... Gifts, you got enough swimming in your head. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. I, it, it's hard for me because I've been doing this for 18 years, and I'm just now beginning to share it. So, you know, sometimes I just jump over stuff. I'm trying to get to where I, I want to go. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, God.